you know, hey, maybe all of this is a conspiracy to keep the Spurs playoff streak alive because <laughs> technically they didn't not make the playoffs. It's Popovich's, uh, what is it? It's all a scheme Sa- by Pop. Siberian spying son of a bitch. What is his nationality again? I forget. 1985, I arrived. 33 years, damn, I'm grateful I survived. We wasn't supposed to get past 25. Jokes on you, motherfucker, we are alive. 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 Jokes on you, motherfucker, we are alive. Well, um, we're, we're here uh, on, the, on another edition of Sarcasm Orgasm live uh, stream with my guest today, Mr. Uh, Danny Escotti, or as he's more formally known, Sir Daniel <laughs> from from thy family, Escotti. From from no, I'm sorry, from thy house, Escotti, if you will. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good, man. So you are. Everyone is hold up at home right now. Well, everyone should be, I guess, right? I mean, other than those feel, really needed not to stay home, but you know what I mean. Yeah, um, I mean, I was I was one of those camp like not believer guys up until maybe this week I started doing a little more research about it and I'm sure. like it's it's a moderate threat. I would I would put it under a moderate threat. And when I say that I mean like in terms of like the species. I'm not I talking actually, about, you know. I actually think we've been living among this thing since December. <clears throat> you think so? Yeah. Why like what makes you say that? Um so one thing, I mean, you can't just base it on this. So I, I've been telling people that um, it's not like the virus had an itinerary. It's not like it said right. that, you know, it's going to go to Europe first and then travel over to the States. Um, I think about the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. It's the first week of January. It's 170,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where they put out all the latest electronics that are coming out for the year. So think right. about how many companies are coming from China. Um, yep. And so I, you know, and, and then there have also been way too many people that I've heard of that have, before all this, you know, was officially here, that yeah. that uh, tested negative for the flu, but were being treated as the flu. People who uh, even had the flu shot, too. I mean, I know that the flu shot isn't 100% protective. <laughs> I get that. But right. Uh, I just think, I think it's been here. You know, I... I well, yeah. Uh, I mean... I was looking at some numbers on, I think I sent you, uh, that text I sent you uh, about just the case per million kind of basis of different countries. Yeah. Did you did you see that? Okay. So I that was something interesting I wanted to get your take on too because, dude, did you see the, the most glaring difference and I think the most apt comparison that we could make for a country that of equivalent uh, economic means, uh, a timeline, you know, of uh, just – Ability to respond, resources to respond. I guess that ties into economic, but and uh, how it's been handled. And in Japan, dude, is like this just glaring like difference in terms of how much it's impacted their country sure. uh, versus the United States. And it, it's crazy to me because what I think it was twelve per million uh, rate of contraction. Yeah. Um, and the United States is almost like 350. 
So yeah. twelve to three fifty. So I think I, I think there are a couple of reasons. I think one, um, Japan closed schools at the end of February, and I think at the time there was only like fourteen deaths in Italy at the time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think so. Geographically, being that much closer to China than us, um, I think they had reason to do what they did. I also think that they were economically motivated with how much money they've put into the Olympics. Um, right. They were trying to do everything they could to to cancel to, to avoid canceling or postponing the Olympics because, I mean, how much money have they invested in building stadiums and different locations and you know okay. they're, they're playing host to a global event and so I think that also um, influenced their decision. I also think that their culture is vastly different than ours. Where if someone there is sick, I have heard that they will wear a mask because they are trying to tell you that they are not feeling well and they don't want to get you sick. Where here, people are notorious for, we kind of built this pressure of, it doesn't matter if you're sick, you go to work. It doesn't matter if you're sick, you go to school. I mean, yeah. um, you know, I've heard many students tell me they show up to, they'll, they'll show up to school sick uh, because they can't miss any more days of school. Because if they miss too many days of school, then they'll have to take their final uh, versus being exempt. And so we're mm. kind of, I feel, kind of training people to have that mentality of, you know, ignore how you feel, get your work done. Um, which, mm. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm all about the hustle as far as, you know, working hard. But, um, I, I do think that their culture, um, has been obviously raised differently than us when it comes to that. Right. Of course. I, I mean, I agree with, I agree with those sentiments for sure. Um, I did notice though, in this, because you said I, I didn't, that element of the Olympics, I didn't think of that, but that is a good point because that's actually very true. And that's it, it, dude, bro, Russia, I don't believe shit. As far as their numbers go, dude. Are you kidding me? Fucking well, dictator Putin over there? Fuck that. There's, there's also Which is what Trump in- hopes he can become here. Fuck well, speaking of, not be- speaking of not believing, there's an interesting article floating around right now about, <clears throat> about China has lost 21 million cell phone users over the last three months. And really? Yeah. And so... What does that mean exactly? So, and uh, including 900,000 landlines... That apparently have just fallen off the grid. Now they are saying some, Ooh. you know, some people have extra phones where maybe they're migrant workers and they don't, um, they won't need a secondary phone when they're, when they're quarantined, so they're closing it down. Um, however, I, do I think twenty-one million people died? I don't think so. Um, do I think it's more than what they're saying? Yes. Uh, right. Know, China. Think about the how fast the population grows in China. When populations grow. Everybody has a cell phone. Cell phone usage is going to go up. Right. I mean, not when sure. they're first born, but as time progresses and they get to a certain age. And networks will expand. And Right, yeah. right. And so th- their three most major uh, telecom companies have apparently reported losses of, you know, one company I think was $7.5 million, another company was $5 million. And so overall it adds up to over three months, 21 million cellular devices just kind of went dark. Well, could it be potentially these people are like um unemployed don't have income can't afford to pay for these phones or are they yeah i mean possibly i'm sure like i said i don't think it's all 21 million um but i also Mm -hmm. know that i think to uh every china requires your your phone to be the device that has i guess a a green health code what they call it in order Uh for you to get in the country okay so it's it's you know how we would we we still consider I would still consider a cell phone a uh, a luxury. You know, it's not quite a necessity. A, a right. phone, I think a phone is a necessity. Um, 
sure. just to communicate. Dude. But but all the extra yeah. stuff that comes with the phones now, I think that's a luxury. I think them making it where you have to have that health code that that's a necessity for that. Yeah, uh, dude. Um, I mean, there. The, the other interesting thing I uh, noticed was what countries were being impacted worse than others in terms of like the per capita and i couldn't help but notice this and i'm not i'm not the i'm not a scientist this could be completely bullshit but it seemingly seems to be hitting uh like the caucasian euro caucasian countries per capita way harder than like the eastern part of uh where this like where in china where it started and um, like I was going to say when you were talking about Japan, I was going to say Thailand, I think it's Thailand is the same. It's 12 and they don't have that element of the Olympics going on to potentially, you know, have a like more, um, ulterior motives at play in terms of the numbers. But like, I've talked to some people that said even here, um, like they're not, uh, they're, it's like a hush hush to even like people that work in the healthcare industry right now like when these cases are being diagnosed and it makes you wonder like, why is it that way? You know, well, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the HIPAA violation, right? Sub chaos. You Sorry. can't like, I can't, if you got sick, I can't, uh, I can't disclose what you, a medical professional can't disclose to other people what you have. Um, right. I think, but I like think that plays into, you know, what, what people can and cannot say. Um, so my sister works for a, a company in Austin that actually is one of the companies that have made the extended panels to test for the, the, the virus because mm-hmm. uh, they mm-hmm. make like flu tests also. And so yep. she, she gets like – she's on conference calls all days now because she's super busy with work because of all this. And she was telling me that 70% of the people who have died are men. Really? Yeah, which means a woman, well, a woman, a woman created this virus. Huh. It was a pangolin shitting on a bat. No, no but apparently... Yeah. That's what I heard. I don't know. That's Appa- apparently 70%, though. 70% are men. So that's a little... Bro. Huh. Um, fuck. There was something... I, rewinding back to something you had said just prior to that. Um, I, this, this whole thing is... Um, well, okay. This is what I was going to say. So uh, here's where my problem lies in that. Because what you said about that they can't uh, like say it like HIPAA, I guess would prohibit them from uh, announcing that. But like, where does the public health, where does my individual health come into play when it, in terms of like, I should have the right to know if somebody is a potential risk to me to be around them, you know, like that, that's kind of a, a a gray like uh, whatever. Right. uh, Morality area or whatever. And I think that's why they're trying to get everybody to stay home now because it's, it's a lot harder to do um, to track cases backwards when it's spreading among the community. Where if it's an isolated right. case, then it's like, okay, we need a list of everybody you've seen since this date. And then they, those people get contacted. Uh, right. And so I think that it, now it's at a point, though, where it's, it's just – we don't have the manpower. It's just too hard to do that. Right. No, but okay. So here, here's something that I something I was passed on by uh, Taylor, uh, my my homie, you know Taylor from the Hooch. Yeah. Um, and he said that he heard on NPR that they were talking about potentially users like basically 
getting access to anyone that's been diagnosed like GPS data to determine where they've been to determine the tracking of like where the virus could have been potentially spread to. And that means that not just the people that the tracking of the phone that they were diagnosed with it, but anyone they've interacted within six feet of or whatever um, also being tracked. Like, so it seems like a casting a very wide net of surveillance of everyone's locational data for a reason that it's like, I get, I get it, dude. I get the precautions being taken. They make sense, but nobody is talking about civil liberties with all of this. And I think it's a discussion that we're so far away from having at this point because of the Patriot Act and things that have already been in place now for sure. de almost two decades since 9-11. Yeah. And no, I, but and nobody I talks it, about that. And it's, 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 bu it bugs I, me. It bugs me. I think it's fear-driven also. At this point, I think everybody's just like, do whatever <clears> it takes to get this under control. But then it's like, well what happens to all of those processes after this is under control? Do they just disappear also? And like, no, they're going to, you know, I mean, granted, I think we're already, this is just my opinion. I think we're already being tracked anyway. You know, I think. Right. Of course. Yeah. I think the NSA hears everything we say and sees everything right. we do. And, you know, you know, I, uh, I did hear that, uh, Alexa is a eavesdropping bitch is what I did hear. My my mother-in-law is very paranoid of her. My father-in-law would plug one in and he would tell Alexa to tell him a joke and she would go over there and unplug it. <laughs> yeah, so I think... Oh uh, my goodness, I mean, dude. I, I just, well, I mean, at one point, you know, at one point, iPhones were there to get everybody's fingerprints. Now they're there to, to scan everybody's retina. Bro, in your face. Dude, I saw a Vice yeah. uh, piece... Have you seen that Vice piece about China and the survey and the the facial recognition technology that's like been like rolled out in on like mass scale there? No, bro, uh -uh. it's insane. It's fucking nuts, man. They already have it's that crazy. technology in Vegas. That's how they get when people are on their do not enter casino list or whatever. They're now going right. to face, mm -hmm. facial to, uh, recognition software. Exactly. Yes, I know. Been, um, and that's for that's that's been like at least ten years because it was all written in the book. Uh, the movie Twenty One is based off a book by Ben Mesrick, and uh -huh. he basically went underground into the MIT culture to to write about this, write the story. And so that's one thing that as they got busted towards the end, that's how they were getting caught. That's why they had to do disguises and stuff like that. So it's sure. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been around. well, but but here's the thing, man. And uh, what's up, Joe? Uh, uh, Joe from the Hooch joining us here. Uh, but uh, so I was uh, I was gonna say on a corporate level, yes, and on like a private uh, level, that technology has probably been for a couple of decades at this point worked on. Sure. But being rolled out in a public sphere on a mass scale, as in China, as it has, a lot of people don't know about this. But bro, this is to the point now where like when you're going into work, when you're going home to wherever apartment you live, when you're out in public just walking on the street, there's cameras everywhere. And these cameras like literally like when you get home, imagine that your face is what gets you in your door. The fact that it scans your face and, and people will say, oh, my God, that's amazing. It's a security measure. And it's like, OK, yeah. But guess what? Anytime you have that sort of technology that could be exploited you know yeah. it's gonna get exploited and it's that's the scariest thing it's like that's and and dude i'll let you say something but one thought i was gonna add is 
uh, they're to the point where, like, let's say you're out and you jaywalk, right? There's board, like digital boards all around these cities in China, these major cities in China, where people that are like uh, socially like not obeying the rules get like demerit in a sense uh, on their rating. Yeah, and, and it's essentially a human being's Yelp rating, and they will um, publicly <laughs> shame people. I'm I'm not making this shit up, dude. I'm not making. This is how you know things are crazy when I talk about them and people are like thinking I'm being a fucking crackpot. I'm like, no, this go watch the Vice piece about this on HBO. Uh, They have like the series if you have HBO um, or still a password. But dude, uh, yeah, it's like a human being Yelp rating. It's fucking scary as fuck, dude. Think about that. I think it goes like this. I think the more security we have, The 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 less privacy we have. And I think it goes hand in hand. That, that's what I think. Just so the more, yeah, the more security you get, the less privacy you get. <clears throat> sure. And it's where is it, though, that we start taking a concern, a true concern about how our data is getting used? Because nobody uh, is. I think. Nobody I, is. I think we're data so- is better. It's it's more uh, it's more valuable than gold. Data is gold. Yeah, I dude. think it I is. Think we're so well past that point. It's, I, I don't think it, you know, I, I, I mean, mm. I think the closest that it ever got was putting Zuckerberg on the stand and, <laughs> and then that, that quickly went away and everybody forgot about it. And so I, you know, I just think, I think we're so past that point. It's, it's never going to happen. This is just the world we live in now. And if we don't, we need to move to like the Maldives or something and live in a floating house on the water. Hey, as Bill Hicks said, it's not about freedom, it's about money. If you think you're free, try going anywhere without fucking money. <laughs> like, seriously. I mean, it's I don't know, man. Uh I like it's it's one of those things that people are scared of these kind of conversations and I'm not. Like I'm not scared of it because it's to me it's like if we stop talking about it entirely and it just becomes the accepted norm of reality, a consequence, uh, uh an inevitable uh, you know, determined uh, part of what we've created for ourselves technologically speaking, then it's all lost. And then two, three generations from now, there's there's a new, there's like a, a an entirely new type of human enslavement that is the most progressively like, f- we're already enslaved in so many ways, man. If you think about it, I'm like driving around thinking if I got pulled over, I'd have to explain my movements to this officer right now by like, coming up with some sort of legitimate reason for me that I was, go, you know, driving somewhere. Maybe, what if I just wanted to go take a drive? I just needed to get out of the house and I wanted to go take a drive with the T-tops off. Like, sure. I, that may not fly. You know, I could get arrested for that if sure. po- potentially, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not and, saying I would because I'm white, but no, what no, I'm no. saying. <laughs> but, and, and I, uh. I don't, and I think people need to understand too, like you, your dad, how many years was your dad a police officer here in town? 35. Dude. Yeah. So it's, I mean, you obviously support what they do. Um, and so sure. I think you just bring, bring up a good point. And I think also they're trained to do that too. They, you know what I mean? You can't, we're all trained to do our jobs in certain ways and they're trained to ask, you know, where are you going? Yep. Where are you coming from? Yep. Et cetera. Dude. Et cetera. Yeah. There's nothing worse than a young bored cop. <laughs> that is the worst possible cop. Like that cop will give everybody shit. It, or I mean, people say there's different reasons people get into law enforcement. I think there is a, a definite part 
of law enforcement. I don't think it's the majority. I would say, based on my experience, based on all the police officers that my dad's friends with that we've I've known and met, and we've all you know, there's always interactions and events and stuff. You so I you know some of my dad's best friends, pretty much all my dad's best friends were all cops, and like they're all good dudes, you know, and like. Um, I look at it like there are some bad apples at people. That's a cliche thing to say, but it's like, yeah, sure. Um, but most cops are just going to work and they're just trying to like get their job done. And so they can pr- provide for their families and, you know, uh, have a good life for them, for their children to have as well. Sure. You know, we're all living in this together. So it's uh, I think it's it's both sides create a, a ba- it's another topic of polarization in this country where it creates this dialogue that nobody wants to have any sort of middle ground to find some gray area that we could all say, okay, we can acknowledge there are some things about this that there's more nuance to than we are giving them credit. But people don't do that enough. And it's like a, I don't know. It's just, it's a problem. I just think that in every profession, everybody has reasons for, for reasons for, for choosing their profession, whatever it may be. I think, some people choose professions based on money. I think some people choose professions based on um, having freedom. I think, for example, I think some teachers be te- are teachers because they get, you know, three months out of the year off, basically. Um, right. You know, I think, I, I mean, I think everybody has their own reasons based on what they do in their day-to-day life, on why they choose the things they choose. Um, and I think that's the most simplest answer i uh to to that topic i would say yeah well and i think i think you you got a uh, factor too people don't want to rock the boat they don't want they like comfort yeah. comfort feels good it feels warm and safe and that's what it really comes down to is this is all about people's perception of how safe they are they're and it's all subjective there's no there is no objective you're safe now that's just doesn't exist but it's like we we have to have some definition in our minds like of a safety that a perceived safety that yeah. makes us be able to like function and not have a fucking panic attack you know every waking hour because of how crazy it is because it is it's very it's insane dude like i don't know i i the way this all escalated and crescendoed in the way that it did is like it 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 was like going from like you know like just like real fast and it just sure. I think that's part of what, like, you know, I had a goddamn panic attack, dude, like uh, earlier, like a week ago, like straight up, like a day long one. And it was like a real legit, like not because of what the reasons most people are having anxiety, though, like because of the sick of the whatever, the Corona, COVID, who gives a fuck? Yeah, Um, it was because of everything else that's happening because of that. That was giving me the anxiety. It's funny because um. I get anxious about certain things, but my anxiety, I think, I think everybody has a certain amount of anxiety, no matter what. And they're all, it's all based on different things. Right. And they, they say that anxiety right. is healthy because it kind of alerts your body to, you know, something different's happening or whatever the case is. Um, yeah. And so I was talking with a friend of mine and we were just saying how we have our anxieties, but our anxieties are based on, uh, the fear of the unknown. Right. And so like I was having anxiety about the situation, like back in January, early February, before it kind of like we, we, we are in the state we're in now as far as like isolating and things like that. And now in the middle of it, 
I'm like, whatever. So basically, my anxiety has been preparing me for this, <laughs> for this moment. <laughs> and so I think people, I think people who weren't anxious about it prior to, now they're having anxiety. And so, you know. Bro, you know, when I graduated college, you gave me this book right here. Oh, Think and Grow Rich, yeah. I still, I keep this on my table as something I just see to remind me of the book, to remind me of the principles of the book, sure. even if I haven't read the book in a while. And I'll go back and read different certain chapters. Oh, here, here you go. <laughs> you want to see the definition of morose? These pictures from Guzman's wedding I have in this. Like, look at me, dude. That is just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that is so bad. <laughs> and it's like, I'm just like, this one, I think this one was my, oh yeah, this was my fuck everything one here. I was just like, you guys, I hate all of you. <laughs> I think you should oh, bring man. back glamour shots. Glamour shots. Yeah, no, but I, what I wanted to say with this was that the the chapter on fear, perhaps in this book, is probably the chapter that's been the most impactful for me in my life because it's just a reminder, a constant reminder of all these different fears sure. um, that I constantly am a, a prisoner to, or if I'm not, we're all going to be a prisoner to them, but it's almost like, no, it's, you can either be in the prison and think you're free or be in the prison and uh, be aware that you're in the prison so that, you know, you know, it's just, and in, in, in the concept, does it, does a man in prison ever have a moment where he feels free? Does there, that feeling you have like of like um, just, I don't know, but uh, fear of ill health is one of those six ghosts, and that's where that's what we've got going right now. Is yeah. that one? Sure. I mean, and it's, I mean, and, and it's I probably other ones too. Combined with that, fear of poverty as a right. byproduct of it. Yeah, or fear of being alone. Um, yep. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, and you know, fear to me, fear sells more than anything, um, because mm -hmm. it's such a big motivator. Uh, people, right. I think, I think natural human tendency is, uh, the fear of loss is greater than the anticipation of gain. Okay. So, you know, so we, mm -hmm. we have more anxiety about the things that can be taken away from us rather mm -hmm. than the motivation we have to go get something else. Right. That's, that's a very valid point. Actually. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and so I think that because of that, I think that's what sells more than anything. Uh, and and now it's, I mean, anybody can have a media company. You just build right. a website and start doing research and taking from other media media companies, quote unquote, and you start rewriting them as your own and put your name on the article and you know. It's, yeah, no, you know it's it, that's interesting. That leads me to an interesting topic point. Um, and by the way, uh, before I get to it. Uh, it, we could get cut off. I don't. Sometimes the feed after like a certain amount of time will just cut, and we can go back live for another segment if that happens. Just FYI, because we're about half an hour in um, right now. So anyway, um, clickspace journalism is is kind of what drives like the the news cycle too now. So you you have you have journalists that are incentivized to have like uh, sensationalized kind of news stories because they generate more clicks, which in turn gets them paid more money. They're paid based on clicks. Sure. So that incentivizes confirmation bias for people, for them to like only kind of, you don't have objective news. You have, well, that's it's why every, all news is subjective to a certain agenda now. There's no, well, yeah, uh, there is no, or probably ever why, was. I mean, there never was. That's why people really. read headlines. And it's not just, it's not just like in po political news or world news. I mean, we see it all the time in sporting news. 
Think and Grow Rich. That's the name of the book. Think and Grow Rich by, by Napoleon Hill. Um, it, we see it all the time in sporting news where, you know, they'll slam some superstar in the title or something. And then if, if you actually read the article or actually watched the game that they're referencing, you're like, that's not at all what happened. Um, yeah. You know, and so I think it happens on every level. Um, it just It's just right now the focus, the microscope, because there is no distraction of sports, unfortunately. The microscope yeah, God damn it. is wide. Hey, you know, hey, maybe all of this is a conspiracy to keep the Spurs playoff streak alive because <laughs> technically they didn't not make the playoffs. It's Popovich's, uh, what is it? It's all a scheme Sa- by Pop. Siberian That's fine, son of a bitch. What is his nationality again? I forget. I don't know, but he used to be intelligence for the U.S. United States Air Force. Yeah, so during the Cold War. That motherfucker, <laughs> and he drinks wine. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Just kidding. Dude, I, the challenge, too, man, right now is just, like, this is our only medium now as performers. Like, those of us that are, you know, comedians or, I mean, I know in different capacities, like, that's why I like to have you on, which, by the way, to give a little background on you, because we didn't really talk about it at all for any listeners that are tuning in, but um, we've known each other now for what, dude? It's been 20, 21 years now? Since 99, I think, is when we met. Yeah, since 99. Yeah, so yeah 21 years. Because 99 was my freshman year of high school. I've known you uh, more my than freshman I have going known in. you. That's crazy, bro. That's basically That's yeah. nuts, man. Oh, uh, man, bro. I remember you wearing those fucking New Balance 803s with the high socks, dude. Back in uh, <laughs> <laughs> those, those like crew socks with the 803s, bro. Driving an Integra. Yeah. Uh, before Kawhi got the New Balance. It was a New Balance. I think uh, they were K-Swiss. <laughs> were they? Pretty sure the the 803s were uh, the hot ones for a minute, and they were New no, Balance. you're right. You're right. Kawhi made New Balance cool again for black people, apparently. I mean, because remember when those – when remember the whole neo-Nazis on the New Balance thing happened? That was uh, – that was when they were oh, like, that's uh, right. we're, we're making that. this the official shoe of like the white that's people. Right. And I'm like, I think because they donated to Trump's campaign or something like that. I think that's what it was. Yeah. But like, you can't hijack a shoe. You Like what kind of, that's why I, I had a joke. With, uh, like, wait, the fucking, no, uh, that's like the Westboro Baptist church. Like Wheaties, we, the official, you know, cereal. It's like, there's no. Products can't be endorsed by hate groups and then people stop buying them. And if you do, you're a fucking idiot. I'm it, sorry. It, it, it reminds me of when people would say, oh, boycott the gas stations. Like, well, how am I supposed to get around then? <laughs> you know, it's, huh. it's, I yeah. mean, it's, you know. Dude, yeah. I, I, uh, but yeah, dude, I, I feel like it's been, uh, like, we've, we've gone through kind of cool, uh, times with, uh, just, I was just yesterday I was uh, looking at the uh, or I was on the I was driving and I saw like this. It wasn't a type R, but an Integra like around probably your year Integra drove by. And I'm like, I thought, man, I'm, I'm, I'd love to ask Danny how much he misses driving that type R. That that car was ridiculous, dude. It was it was fun. I you know, it's it's not practical by any means. It's funny how we kind of go through stages in our life. Just like, yeah, it's just not very practical now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so um but it was, it they, was a fun car to drive. I miss. I just miss that they. They. I wish they kept making cars with the manual transmission option. Um, right. You know. I think. Yeah. 
just to have. I mean, I, I is get that it. is that not something they do now? Really, are 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 standard vehicles just not being made anymore? I think they're very rare. I think um, other than like the handcrafted, obvious race cars, um, I think VW makes a couple. Yeah. But again, I uh, they're German, so that makes sense to Fucking me. Fucking Germans, dude. I think the high end BMW M classes come stick shift. Yeah. Uh, or they okay. can. Uh, dude, but Corvettes got they still got to make Corvettes with like there's there's certain drive uh, drivers who yeah it's standard transmission buddy that's all I've ever driven dude my formula is a standard I had that Golf that fun little TDI Golf for four years that was a six yeah. speed um, Corvettes now I think go up to a seven speed though too which I'm like God damn dude it's crazy yeah. these uh, technology of these engines now man they're insane. Like you can turn them on to different modes. Like you could have, if you want to be racing, you could put it on that mode. If you want to be economical, you could put it on that mode. Sure. Um, yeah, dude. Trey has a 2016 um, Stingray, and dude, it is badass, bro. Like just all the features they have on that thing, man. Yeah. But yeah, one thing about the Type R, I was gonna say, is it still looks good. When I saw that Integra yesterday, I thought, you know, if I saw a Type R out somewhere, it would still look good even so, now it's it's aged well so right they only made 1500 a year and i think they only did it for four or five years and apparently now if you still have one there was one going on ebay i think it was with like sixty thousand miles on it for 70 or 80 grand wow yeah and i mean you could buy them new for 22 back in 1999 or 2000 they were 22 brand new or 24 or 5 or something like that yeah, dude, bro, that's insane, man. My formula, I was looking at Blue Books or just like some uh, online sales, uh, and it's already bottomed out, and now it's going back up again on value. You know, like yeah. cars have that cycle of value where obviously the moment you drive them off the lot, it's start, it plummets, and then, you know, it goes down and down, and then, but some cars never come back up again. But because of the nature of like having a formula, they don't make Pontiacs anymore. So that's going to be considered you know 20 years 30 years from now like uh, an old yeah, school and dude those cars are going to be eventually the only cars left on the road that are internal combustion engines people are going to still have and they and they may might even ban that at some point in the future it's not going to be for a long time uh especially with how slow this country moves but yeah uh we're gonna move to an all-electric eventually uh you know yeah. system or, or all, all all vehicles will be electric eventually I think like once it's, we're not there yet, but right. I think um, the government is going to wait until all of the manufacturers get everything in place that they need to be in place being to scale how much they drive the economy. Right. So. No. Yeah. But, you know, I, I say this, man, we have the resources now to take all this money and 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 uh, the United States military like in the uh during the Great Depression and the New Deal with Franklin Roosevelt, you know, he took the Army Corps of Engineers and used them for infrastructure projects within the United States. I mean, we could take a lot of these uh, overseas troops, bring them back home and put them to work here on infrastructure, on, you know, certain things that could improve our society uh, and then getting to the point of the renewable revolution that will come eventually. I don't know when. Whenever it does, it's going to go. Yeah. But it's like, but it's still, the, the curve is like still like not, even starting to like go up yet i think i, I think people hey what's up zeus <laughs> i think you, you still have to protect uh the things that you have invested a ton of money in and so i don't i don't i think we'll always have people abroad for that reason well 
the dumb thing is that it doesn't keep us more safe. It keep it makes us less safe to be there. And the whole idea of all of this is uh, national security and defense. And it's like, no, our best defense would be getting our resources within the confines of the, our country and and making our country stronger within. Because what we're doing is we're going out for a, a resource. Okay, yeah. I understand that we need to occupy the Middle East so that we can pay between two to three dollars a gas uh, per gallon for gas consistently, and it's not going to do something crazy with that. But we don't need gas anymore. That's the thing. I'm like, uh, did, if you, I throw out other podcasts a lot on this podcast, but it's like with um, uh, obviously Rogan's like my favorite, but he uh, had Musk on, and Musk was talking about even at like best case scenario phasing out. Uh, all co internal combustion engines would take like 25 years from now, even if today, literally, we started making literally nothing but electric cars r starting now. Sure. Um, it mean, would still take 25 years. There, there has to be a phase-out process. It can't be a uh, just, okay, next week we're switching to this. It's just not going to happen. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, if you mandated, th uh, if the federal government mandated on these fucking auto companies that we've already subsidized, essentially, the American people, this is a socialized country under the umbrella of saying capitalism because all these fucking uh, corporations and again with the stimulus now are getting bailed out and it's like these motherfuckers are the same ones that got trillion dollar tax breaks that they use that uh extra revenue to buy back stock on their own companies that crashed with the market so it's like you you put your they, the system is like circular of defeat between you know and it, it just keeps a cycle going that they're we're just bailing out these these corporations constantly. It happened in 08, and now it's happening again. And it's like, nobody gives a shit, dude. Nobody says anything. People are like, and the sickness is a big threat. And that's what everybody talks about is is the virus. I'm not saying it's a conspiracy. I'm sure. just saying that's what's happening right now, you know? I think, I think it's, it's frustrating. 08 was a very, um, happened right under our nose and didn't even see it coming. That kind of sure. thing. Other than, obviously, other than those people that shorted it. And yeah. Made a ton of money, but... Yeah. Dude, have you seen the Big Short? Have yeah. you seen that movie? Yeah. Dude, it's fucked up, right? Yeah. I, I like the read, Andy's like. I want to read the book because <laughs> you, in every in every movie based on a book, there's always things that they change that weren't right. as written. So I, I really want to read the book before you know, I mean, before saying how much of that movie is true. However, I think the general idea of the movie though is pretty accurate. Dude, yeah, and in the way that everyone was just all kind of like pro it was it was a bunch of whores at the capitalist gangbang getting all the free everything they wanted and nobody's gonna sound the alarm on all this because why would you do why would you fuck yourself over by doing that you know so everybody like these guys that were giving these mortgages out that turned that thing into a crisis you know like how just oh, lax so, well, dude I mean, it's insane uh, you're it Taking taking advantage of, of people's um, ignorance. It's not stupidity. It's just that yeah. they didn't know. If they if they think they can get into a house and pay a really low payment, they don't you know they don't care that it's it's gonna balloon in two or three years and then based on what yeah. the, yeah. the interest rate is with the federal government, their payment's gonna you know adjust. It's, right. It's, you know it's that's just unfortunately kind of how. Um, every scam works is you prey on a group of people's lack of information on a certain topic and you take advantage. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you make it boring as fuck with a bunch of numbers. Uh, 
And yeah, that's what you get because this is not this is supposed to be a comedy podcast, and we're not we haven't laughed at all during the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude, I love you, brother. Man, I'm so uh, you know, uh, life uh, as an educator has been I'm sure a little bit interesting for you with uh, everything that's gone down. You're you're more into a uh, online teaching or not really teaching much at all now? Are you no so. It's a little different for us because um, in in the band world, we've oh, we've been assigning kids weekly assignments um, even before all this mm-hmm. went down, and so we yeah. have our kids. Our kids would come in and play off for us one at a time, but then if they came in and played off for us once, we wanted them to redo it. We would just tell them to send us an audio or video recording, and we would grade it that way, and then send them feedback. Yeah, that way. And yeah. So we've just kind of moved into okay. Now everything is that way. Um, obviously, you yeah. lose the um, you lose the interaction, the day to day stuff. The thing that I'm most concerned about um, from my from my subject standpoint is the culture. Um, you, you can't you can't recreate culture digitally. Um, or or camaraderie, which is right. important in a marching band. Right. Yeah, the aspect of teamwork and and working together um, and, and things like that. And so that's that's the part that's most concerning to me is is lacking you know influence over that because um, it's really easy it's, for us to you know we're at home to kind of put our blinders on. It's like oh I'm just gonna take care of what I gotta do and then you know, we, yeah. whenever, yeah. whenever it is that we get the green light to go back, it has to go back to, a, okay, it needs to be a, a we thing, you know? So. Well, yeah, in a way, dude, it should be much more difficult to fudge your practice record now than it used to be, because now you, you're like, yeah, you watch you, how long did you practice? And you, uh, they're like, oh, uh, you know, 30 minutes yesterday. And they're like, oh yeah, send me the fucking audio recording of it right now. <laughs> like, yeah, it, and it would be like, it's so easy to record it. Whereas yeah, back I, in the day, I mean, you know, that wasn't a thing. I just I think, lied every I think, time. I think certain uh, there's a lot of things that have changed over time, but I think certain things will always certain things will always stay the same. And one of those things will be that the youth think that adults don't know what they're up to. <laughs> like at one well, time, I think the we proof all is in the our, pudding. Yeah, I think I, at one time we all thought our parents or our teachers didn't know what we were doing, and turns out they right. Did, you know, they yeah. Did. That's and, like and uh, that. so it, it's the same thing now. I think that you know. that's uh, <laughs> I know you love Burr, where he's like, my daddy used to get all mad, whatever, and then uh, and then I got a little older. I was like, yeah, he's he's kind of making some good points, you know, back there, <laughs> like, just like because <laughs> you see it now, and you're like, oh yeah, you know, dad. Uh, Gaffigan, I think, too, has a bit about Disney World and like how dad was always in a bad mood at Disney World and you were always like, why is dad in a bad mood? And then you become a, a dad and you're like, no, okay, well, I you get know, it now. Like, I, I, get it. I absolutely love Disney World. I do. I didn't think I would, but I absolutely love it. However, Magic Kingdom is the most unhappiest place on earth. Not for like <laughs> me. Not for me, because like when we go, why? you know, we have a good time and it's fun. But just I, I in my head, I see... A baby in a stroller, right, with like melted ice cream, red face, yeah. just crying, and then I see um, parents just yelling at each other, and all of this is happening in slow motion to the Titanic song in my head. Uh-huh. Just, it, it, you know, you just you see all <laughs> these things happening, and it's just, uh, yeah. Uh yeah, dude. So Zeus just commented this uh, this tiger thing. 
that that uh, Carol Baskins. Did you see this on Netflix? I literally Zeus. I just watched that yesterday. What, and what, is that the tiger I, thing? It's the tiger thing. Everybody keeps talking about this shit. No. I saw it, dude. So it's this gay guy that has tigers, but it's pretty crazy because, dude, this mother. I, it's just fun to watch because you're just hoping that at some point one of them is going to just go off and you're going to see some shit, you know? Like, but I don't think they would ever probably put that. I don't know. This dude, though, uh, apparently like hired a hitman to kill a competitor. <laughs> that it was, it was an interesting. Uh, it's. Uh, the Wait. buzz, all the buzz right now, uh, apparently. A, uh, a competitor. Who do I invoice the, for my two sons? Fuck you, training business. <laughs> yeah, well, one of them is a is a um, a preserve. It's like a a natural preserve or some shit. I don't. Know. It's basically they're both like look like the same thing, but one of them it's a sanctuary. Actually, I'm sorry, is what it's called. Uh, and the I'll other one is a park. It's like a theme park. So the sanctuary tries to take the theme park's cats because basically the sanctuary says we're not going to let them fuck anymore so that they'll all phase out and die. And it's like um, that's what SeaWorld's already implemented. But it's like who, nobody ever asked Shamu about like, hey, maybe like give him a con like make a condom or something like for Shamu. I don't know because he I mean, I'll be he honest doesn't with you, I, I probably won't watch it. Just, yeah, event. I don't know. I just won't. I <laughs> I never. I don't know. It's just yeah. <laughs> it's 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 definitely. Uh, I got through. I think like maybe two thirds of the fr- of the first episode. And I'm like, eh. how long? <laughs> like, I just kind of was like, mm. how long is each huh? episode? How long is each episode? I think I think they're probably. I don't even remember. I think maybe like an hour. I probably and watched maybe 30, 30, 35 minutes of it. Um, I don't know that either. I didn't really look at it that closely. Zeus, if you if you know the info on it uh, that, that Danny's asking, it seems like you've watched it. But, yeah, I don't uh, – uh, I'm not sure exactly how many episodes or what the – if it's still ongoing, you know, because, like, a, a Making a Murderer, that was, like – it's, like, an ongoing technically still thing, I guess. I think he's still in jail. Seven episodes? Okay. Yeah, so – um, you know this I, is like you know, cr- this is like crowdsource. I love this. This is crowdsource Joe Rogan helpers here. Thanks, guys. You, you know what I wonder? <laughs> because uh, obviously, I th- if you start a podcast now, you're kind of like you're still on the upswing. Piece of shit. You're still on the upswing. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, there are podcasts out there for everything, but at yeah. what point? I wonder if storytelling is ever going to make a comeback to to replace right. watching t- tv i don't know uh uh well it's interesting you say that because I, th- I think that's what stand-up is in a lot of ways like it's it's storytelling in an age where everybody's watching on screens and doing this shit you know like the fact that you and i can't really get together and hang and do this like you know with a, with a with a couple beers you know it sucks because it's like this that and going back to what you said with the marching band thing, and it all ties into the the social interaction aspect of what we lose with this sort of kind of setup. And what we're seeing now is that like we a lot more jobs than we may have wanted to say or give credit for can be done without actually needing to go somewhere to do them. So, but what best happens meme, is you lose. We all lose with that. The best meme I saw was uh, that meeting could have really been just an email. You know, this is this <laughs> yeah. is the time where you're gonna find out what meetings could could re- could really just be emails rather than uh, sure wasting people's time. 
you know, and and I and I think that that's definitely there in in those ways. It's a good thing, but in other ways. I think the interaction of social interaction with people in a in a li- real life setting, like being able to do stand up comedy, because I've seen comedians that are doing shows online where they'll be uh, doing kind of like this, but like you can get a group uh, chat or whatever together where there's like up to you know a hundred people all tuned in on the same kind of channel and all voices could be heard unless they muted themselves, and then you're you'll hear the laughter technically, right? If you do it that way but you're not getting that connection the way that a stage on with a microphone and a pa and like all of that and as a performer who that you know in a different capacity but you're a musician um i'm sure it's the same when you when you're with zeus you know when y'all are performing there's nothing like that live experience that can match anything yeah so we we lose a lot of that i feel well i think later joe it's that's still that's still the foundation of the human race is you know at one time there was no internet Right. Can you imagine if the internet shut down for 24 hours, what the world what what would happen to the world? <laughs> Dude, you know, bro, Deeroff was a mad genius. Um, I'm not even kidding because that motherfucker, dude, he pulled some shit when we when I was in high school. And like I remember one time after pre-UIL, he <laughs> we had like a particularly bad performance that night at pre-UIL marching and uh <laughs> We got back to the band hall from the uh, stadium, and he like goes into his office, closes the door, locks it, and turns the lights off, and just sits in there while the band is getting back from pre UIL and loading, and you know, getting leaving for the night or whatever. And we're all like, ev- all the kids and like in the drum room are like, dude, what the, f- dude, Daroff's like crazy or something. And then I'm like, this guy's this guy's onto something because he would say shit like that like now i'm like i think about with uh he's like you know we're too reliant on technology it's something to the effect of like you we shouldn't be so reliant on technology because it's something that is going to be eventually it's always something that we don't it's not tangible in a lot of senses so like a lot of information and data is not a tangible thing um but it's like a card catalog at a library you know you go to the library and you let's say the internet's down or the computer's broke or there was an emp that destroyed all uh you know electronic things in in the area whatever um i can't find a book because i unless there's a card the card catalog is the thing i go look up to find something you know and that technology in a sense of like what we have now when a mass scale like i just we're too reliant i feel like on on these things and they're good to have but they shouldn't be the the baseline they should be a supplemental thing i feel yeah but i mean i think Again, we're already too far headed that way. There's, there's no going back. It's there's that uh, there's that YouTube video floating around where these parents try to get. Uh, uh, I think it's a set of brothers or a set of friends to make a phone call on a rotary phone. Yeah. And I think they give them like five or ten minutes to do it, and I, I don't know if they eventually figured out. I, I never watched the entire thing, but from what you can see in the beginning, it was just like, wow, this is, this is rough. Yeah, uh, I would. I would say that um, the the ramifications of this are going to be very interesting to see play out because it's not we're not just going to resume back to normal life once all this shit is done with, and we also don't know how long it's going to go because you know estimates of how long it could take to ve- develop a, va- a vaccine right now are standing at like I think like a year at best case scenario, and so if things don't start getting better, if we don't start seeing numbers being quote unquote flattened they might extend things that have been put in place already 
Um, we might have another stimulus that has to get passed. You know, this could be a, a thing that's an ongoing problem for a lot longer than what people might want to believe it could be. And like, well, it's, I don't know, dude, I see it as something that is interesting to see. I'm going to find it very interesting to see how many people don't get a vaccine shot for this. I won't. I never get, dude, I never get a flu shot. I Everybody always, gets a flu shot every year. I, I always, never get one. I never get one and I never get the flu. I remember one year when I was, uh, I think it was seventh grade, bro. The whole family, Trey, Justin, my mom, I think my dad, and I think Kelsey, I'm not sure, all got the flu. Guess who didn't get the flu? This guy. You know why? Because I don't get the flu. You know what I do get? Good parking spots. That's what I get. Just keep telling yourself that then, Cody. Go ahead. gotta entertain these folks listening in here thanks for tuning in to sarcasm orgasm Uh, i don't know if zeus is still here or not but um and please feel free if you're listening and offer up any uh things you have any thoughts you have on what we talk about uh we love the interaction uh so i uh i'm i'm definitely man uh i think my anxiety like you said has, has kind of subsided to a good degree now from what it it kind of peaked and then now it's kind of gone down but i'm still just like it, it, we don't know how this is going to shake out over April because it's going to be another month. And it's only been at this point, not even two weeks here in Austin, really. Uh, and it already feels like it's been a month, even though, yeah. you know, 10 yeah. days, 11 days at this point. It's um, interesting times we are living in right now. You know what, though? There's going to be a lot of sexually frustrated deviants going on on the Internet. I actually think I actually I am, I am really eager to see uh, what stay kind of home project, hub what kind of projects come out from this time. I think there's going to be a lot of really good music written. I think there's going to be a lot of really good stories written. Um, I think there's going to be just a lot of creative things that come out of having this time. You know. Yeah. Well, like things like this, man. I mean, this is a perf. This is an example of that. I hadn't done a, a live stream podcast until this all happened so this is this is putting me into realms that i probably should have been in anyway in a lot of ways the the one thing i've started doing and i think vanessa's going to end up killing me if i keep buying them is i started doing puzzles and it's it's they're so old school but they're very i don't know what it is it's it's calming and it could be like my screen time is lower than it's ever been now that i Mm -hmm. since i started doing that even when I was at work, it's lower than, you know, than when I was working as far as just being on the phone. Um, and I'm Bro, terrible yeah. about it. And so it's, Dude. Been, it's been good. Uh, it's just something, you know, little things like that. Like I set aside a, uh, at least a half hour every day. I put a timer on to read. I'll set aside, an, uh, you know, some time at night to do, um, to work on a puzzle. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that you're focusing on that positive aspect of it because I, I you made me think and it's like you're right that it seems like people seems like a lot of people are the type where, you know, you go to work 40 hours a week, you get home from work, you might have dinner with the family, you might have a little fam- family interaction time with dinner, and then you probably will go off to do something, you know, watch a show or, you know, a lot of time. And then your time's limited when you're maybe catching up on a series that you're into or something sure. and, and you and so now people are seeing like how much screen time, like you said, they have. And it's like, you're like confronted with this reality of like, I need to do something else other than just be on this all the time. It's fucking not good for me. Uh, let's go buy a board game. You know, like I, I just, 
It's it would be an interesting experiment right now to if you could get a group of like 25 people to be honest and track what they do every minute of every day for the for the next week. Just yeah. to see, just for people you want to start think, it. You want to be the two that starts it. I Let's think do it. people don't I'll realize do how much time is spent, um, you know, wasted. Well, now they do with the iPhone updates that they started telling you how much screen time. You're like, thanks, Apple. I really needed to know how big of a piece of shit I am on I, a regular basis. I don't. Well, wait, wait, wait. What are you talking about? Like it'll tell you your screen time. Oh, on the, the screen on the, time I on your phone. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it'll no, no, tell no. you, and it'll even tell you what you were when you were using it for work, and when you were using yeah. it for not. Yeah. And you're like, oh, thanks. You really had to make that one, huh? That distinction. I could have at least rationalized in my head that I wasn't. And then a it gives you a week over week. all the time. It gives you a week over a week. You're twenty percent higher than you were last week. Like that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I spend yeah. way too much time on Reddit. Like I spend like a lot of time. And, and by uh, by extension of Reddit, so many other things that become from that, you know? You know, I think – I don't know how much insight that gives you into a person, but um, that would be another thing. Like, that would be someone I think – just an idea. You should maybe have, like, five or six questions at the end of each one of your episodes that you ask everybody. And one of the questions yeah. is – and one of the questions is, okay, what's your screen time for yesterday on your phone? Like, you know, I, we could – we, we have some listeners tuning in, and if, if any of y'all want to share your screen time, I'd love to hear uh, the screen time for, the day for everybody before, right now. Today. It needs to be the yeah. day before. What your, what's your screen time? For I, I would show mine, but I'm literally recording this on my phone, so that's impossible to do. Uh, you know what? I, I know mine is not productive, but I've actually been more productive. Dude, with what you've said, bro, I've actually... Um, I've spent a lot more time working on my website and editing the podcast, like getting podcasts out consistently and doing yeah. things that like I was having a little bit more trouble with uh, prior. So in a lot of ways, yeah, I feel like it has enabled me to be a little more of a just productive person about just getting things creatively uh, put out that I maybe haven't been as good with. So I don't know, man. It's it's interesting, though, because as a person who writes and like loves trying new stuff and doing new ideas and experimenting and things it's like there are certain limitations i'm i'm faced with at this point that that do, do make it a as a creative uh in my in my realm it makes it a, a bit frustrating for sure dude yeah i um i bought a ukulele at tmea to learn how to play just to play for alex and new piece since, of shit since this whole thing has started uh i started teaching myself how to play guitar. I do 30 minutes of guitar every single day. Um, Bro. And I'm using, I'm using one of Are you trying apps. to start a family band or what? Okay, Nick Burroughs no. has five and a half hours. But it was, it a, was lot a lot of drum, drum videos. Video. <laughs> yeah, all right, you liar. Is this, is this, no, is this one of your students? Yeah. Well, is this one about, of your students? Think about how much time you get sucked down the rabbit hole on YouTube, man. It's just, it's like, oh, yeah. Dude, but, I, I honestly, I, I have been too. I've been watching like, uh, I've, I've definitely been watching a lot more music. I just music in general, maybe not yeah. necessarily just drum. No, the, the guitar thing is just to learn something new. That's all it is, you know? 1985, I arrived. 33 years, damn, I'm grateful I survived. We wasn't supposed to get past 25. Joke's on you, motherfucker, we are alive. Jokes on you, motherfucker, we are loud.